Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week I have Adam Hooper talking to me, a sperm donor. In 2015, after investigating the standard donor processes in Australia, he decided he did not want to expose his two existing children to incest or for his sperm to be to go to somebody who wasn't appropriate and created Sperm Donation Australia, the first of his sperm donation world communities. Currently in Australia, more and more people are looking to his community or similar as a way to find a donor and conceive their children over and above the more conventional clinic method, clinical methods or clinic methods. Adam plans on changing the world for the better by breaking down the stigma and creating acceptance. Hi, Adam. It's a real pleasure to talk to you today and, and about such a subject as sperm donor and, um, you know, the challenges there are. Because, look, I know from all the different single mum communities that, um, you know, there's a lot of single mums out there who have one child and are looking to actually get siblings. And so it's an interesting subject to talk about your community and just alternatives to like the standard process that we've got out there in, uh, in Australia at the moment. So look, thank you. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Tell us a bit more about like the community and how it all came about. Yes. Hi, Claire. Um, yeah, it's an interesting topic, Sperm Nation, isn't it? And something that I never really set out to go out and achieve and turns out to be what it is now. And, you know, it's very reputable and it's got, you know, um, great feedback from the media in Australia and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's growing rapidly and it's, uh, you know, it's a testament to people coming in and having a good experience and telling their friends and families and, you know, we get women come in and then their brothers come and join and become a donor as well and situations like that because obviously they're inspired from seeing, you know, their little niece or nephew um, be born that way. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, something that really started off as, something that, you know, media probably would describe as a black market of sperm back in those days and stuff like that, something, you know, exaggerated and over the top like that. But, look, wow. it's, uh, you know, just to see it now become more and more normalised and just seeing the progression over these years now that people are becoming more educated and, and looking into their options more and more and more people now are using this method as their preferred option of creating a family and you know and that's because they look into it and you know there hasn't been any legal issues there hasn't been any stds there hasn't been any criminal activity you know and all in all it's it's really good for the children's um psychology it's better for your pocket uh it doesn't hurt the pocket as much as the clinics do and stuff like that you don't put your body at extreme um, risk of the IVF medication uh, and all that sort of stuff. So in so many um, aspects, when people actually, you know, do their research and look into it and delve into it, you know, it's beneficial in so many more ways. And yeah, it's something that has just evolved and progressed and I've become more and more educated uh, on the 
whole matter and the whole world has been the nation myself. So, yeah, and you like started this like. Um, just trying to think six years ago now well, didn't you mm, time's gone I'm trying quick. to get my dates right it's flying quick isn't <laughs> yeah. it yeah um, I know so six years ago you were looking at sperm donation as such or because you've yeah, already got so, two children haven't you so. yeah so I had I had uh, two girls at, at the time well when I first was looking into it uh, I think my wife was uh in the final months of pregnancy with the second child and she was born in April 2014 and uh, yeah so basically I came across uh, one of her work colleagues that was a lesbian lady uh, that was looking into sperm donation and that sort of planted a seed in my head that that's something that I'm capable of in terms of um, you know being uh, have a good head on my shoulders in terms of uh, you know the wouldn't affect me mentally being able to give a gift or what like that away to somebody yeah. that was um that I felt would go to a, like the child would go to a good home but you know it sort of it was you know it sort of lay dormant yeah. there for a little few months and then our uh, second child was born it was uh, another girl so I had two girls and we were at that stage uh we were contemplating whether or not we ever tried to refer a child and maybe get a baby boy so anyway I love my two girls so it's wasn't really a major issue at the end but uh the ex used to give me um grief and say I've only got girly sperm so it's sort of there was a (laughs) so there was a I'm not sure you have a choice really yeah 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 yeah. so (laughs) back then I was very uneducated on how everything worked and all that sort of stuff as well so uh I thought I'd put it to the test and looked into um donating sperm so naturally like everybody and probably everybody listening to the show you you actually think you have to go for a clinic and you start it looking into that and then you start seeing things that you doesn't sit quite well with you and you know it was basically I looked into it and I didn't know who was going to receive my sperm and naturally when you're looking to go to a clinic you pick a clinic that's close to you because it's convenient for you to do the donations and obviously for the women as well well they'll pick a clinic that's uh, yeah. generally local to them so uh, it's not very it's very common for these children to be going to the same schools and uh, live in the same areas and and go to the same pubs and stuff when they hit the age of 18 and, and all that sort of stuff yeah and look I hadn't thought I must admit like I hadn't thought of that but yeah you're right you know um I know Australia is such a big country but yeah these children could cross paths and if they don't know that they are related yeah it could cause problems yeah well you know australia is a big country but you know the clinics are in a in a certain area you know yeah. and that's that area is you know where people go to uh that relates to them so yeah. you know me donating in wa it's gonna be very rare for someone to pack their bags up and leave and move to melbourne yeah you know they say um, majority of people do tend to stay in their uh, local area yeah, no, that's you know right. you know this, there was a it was an SBS insight um, episode a few years ago now a couple of years ago where there was a, I think they were in Victoria and there was six siblings that they came across in the last year that they looked for and uh, you know one of them lived five minutes down the road from the other the girl and the guy lived five minutes from each other and they both Ooh. went to the same local pub every Friday night uh, you know, and they had, and they were none, they were none the wiser of who each what other was. You know, so yeah. uh, you know, and this is sort of this is what gets stamped out with the with technology now. You know, we've got technology, yeah. we've got instant messaging. You know, most 
donors um, will set up a, a mother's um, parents group. Uh, that, so people are part of the parents group and they have that ability to know who the other mothers are or be able to contact them or those, um, you know, so basically children aren't, aren't silly. You know, they grow up um, this way knowing they're donor conceived through online donation yeah. and most of them, you know, will have that ability to ask their parents or oh, who, what was my donor's name? And they'll say, Adam, Adam. So if they go out and meet another donor conceived person yeah. with the name of Adam, but I mean, they probably surely by then know you know, the oldest kid right now is only like five, they're five years old. So we're, we're looking at um, them having that ability to instant message the donor or the mother to the mother so the mother can contact the donor. And, uh, you know, so we, it's it's very, it's a foolproof method this way now of doing, of doing things. Whereas, you know, the mm. clinic is you're hiding behind a third person um, middleman essentially yeah. and they're, they're essentially the gatekeeper of uh, who who the your child's siblings are or half siblings are and at the moment you know you can go on registries to come forward and connect with them and stuff like that but not everyone does um and then a lot of clinics are set up as well that the child can um, contact the donor and then it's up to the donor to link all the siblings together as well Uh, ways now with uh, dna testing of signing up and seeing if you link with anyone on there as well so mm. it's just so much easier for the child to grow up like you know psychological wise just for them to even see a picture of a donor you know mm. to, for you to show them a photo of them to know where they got the other part of their looks from or you know what yeah. they see in the mirror staring back at them you know that it can overwhelm them for like years of you know waiting to turn 18 before yeah. they get the opportunity to meet the donor but just the, you know, they find that um, children that grow up uh, that have seen the donor or have spoken to the donor, they, they tend to be uh, unfazed by it. You know, they see them as the donor and, uh, you know, it doesn't re- really become a big thing with anxiety or a relationship. Well, it's all open. It's all open and honest, isn't it? It's all like out there and it's not a hidden secret as to, who the donor is within your community as such. And I suppose if you're a donor and, and, and come to, you know, your community, I suppose you have to be prepared for the fact that it is an open and honest environment as such. And if you are a donor, then, you know, it's not that you just donate and then off you go. You know, you there are, it's not as though you're financially responsible for these children, but that, you know, you are responsible in, connecting yeah look at at the end of the day it's you know it's funny isn't it like you know me and you are here Mm. now and everyone else is on on earth now essentially from our parents meeting or um you know or their grandparents meeting and and like it's all by chance how we all you know Mm. there's years and years of ancestry you know um going back to whether it be the uk and yeah. You know, or, or Vikings going across over there and, and you know, all the, you know, Roman Empire and, you know, how it's just, it's fascinating how um, ancestry is to where we are now, like the, oh, yeah. the place that we, we live in right now. And for people, you know, that can be a big thing, you know, they're part of their, their identity of who they are. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm giving away a part of my um my ancestral history and passing it on to to people so you know obviously while i don't feel like emotional like connection like i'd really need the urge to see the child or i'm going to fall in love with that child 
there is a sense of like you love seeing them doing well in life and the parents um, that are raising them, you like to see them doing well as well to offer a good environment for these children to be brought up and raised in. You know, so just the ability to be in contact with the parents and like it's not like it's a mandatory check-in or, you know, like a you know, have to report in for, um, you know, roll call or something like that. It, you know, it's just, it's just like a... Um, There's no CSA payments or anything like that. I mean, it's not like... It's not like how I did it with my situation, you know, where I was in a relationship and, and you know, it's it's not, um, you're not getting involved in a contract as such in, in that sort of sense, like a marriage contract mm. or anything like that. Um, you're just providing someone with the ability to have char- a child. And, and that's, you know, they're and awesome. that's the thing, Anne. You're seeing a lot of single women now. And, you know, a lot of us are very, you know, in modern times are educated. We've gone to university, we've done degrees, we own businesses, we run businesses and, or, you know, um, you know, compared to previous generations prior to us where women predominantly stayed home and cared for the children, uh, you know, women, I guess, back then probably would have put up with a lot of um, hardship and grief um, because they didn't have that financial ability to stand on their own two feet where they relied on someone that was probably non-ideal to them but obviously you saw them relationships last because it was became a necessity for them and their children to survive so whereas these days um you know women are very independent and they can financially support themselves in most cases and they normally have a good support network of friends and family like a raising the village to help raise the children and stuff like that um so we're seeing now divorce rates are 50 um 50 percent you know as i said like um, yeah. A flip of a coin, you know. If you had a um, a gun in your a gun right now, and I had two bull, uh, one bullet in, and you had to press the trigger, tr- um, you know, once <laughs> you're not going to do it, are you? Like, <laughs> because it's just no. the risk is too high, no. and that's essentially what the risk is now. When you if you get in a relationship and have a child with someone, and then what we're seeing now is, I mean, we've probably everyone listening here right now to this podcast would know a friend that has had hardship from a broken down relationship where essentially the child is caught in the middle and used as a pawn between two fighting families. Yeah. And, and then there's fighting over who has who, them for Christmas and, you know, and it's yeah, just, exactly. it's just, um, and, and, and I agree with you. Look at the end of the day, I mean, I know a lot of women who are single moms, they have one child, and they don't have any siblings for their child. And they're sort of sitting there saying, well, I would like a brother and sister, but I don't want to deal with the relationship side of things. I don't want to have to go out, find a man, kiss a lot of frogs and find that one prince and deal with all of that to find a sibling for my child. I actually, I'm quite happy being on my own with my child. So really I'm considering a sperm donor because... I want another child for, you know, I want a sibling for my child. And um, it's the less hassle, easiest way of doing it. I don't have to get emotionally involved with anyone. I then haven't got one child with one father and another child that I've got with another father and I'm having to deal with two, you know, situations of CSA payments and who goes to what father at what weekend and, you know, um, yeah, I can just manage it and control it a lot better. And I think women nowadays are taking control. And there's some women who are saying, well, haven't, I'm not in a relationship. I haven't met anyone who I want to have children with, but I want children. 
So I've got that network of family and friends. So I'm actually just going to have a child on my own. I don't want to be in a relationship. So, yeah, society is changing and uh, sperm donors are in much in need. Yeah, and look, to be honest, <laughs> I think uh, it's the most logical choice in how we're living currently and, mm. you know, it's better for the ch- children. Uh, it's better for, you know, because obviously um, if you're a woman and you desire a child, you can also rush into, you know, you might get baby fever and rush into having with a, with the wrong person because you've oh. essentially, you know, your desire to have a child has sort of clouded your judgment in terms yeah. of can I see this me being long-term with this person as well? And, it's the, you know, it's the pressure is of like how long do yeah. you have to be with someone before you do plan to have a baby, you know, yeah. um, especially if you're going for your second one and you want to have a desired age range between your first child and your second child, um, essentially. So it's uh, it's tricky to navigate, but this way of using a donor now has, has made um, yeah. brought so many more flexibility to the table for people to uh, look through and see what suits them. And, you know, um, you know, I've got single mothers that I've helped that, you know, we catch up for a lunch or, um, you know, get a photo with the child for them to show, so they can show the child as when they get older and stuff like that. Or, you know, and because we're not in a relationship with each other, it's sort of more of a, a friendship and that no, nothing ever gets, you know, we never, I've never had an argument with anyone that I've um, helped, you know, like, you know, there's no sort of, because yeah. um, it was all about how we met and was based on the creating of a child like you know when you when you meet someone if you're dating and that um essentially you're meeting a potential partner or um um a companion and then obviously then you start to think of children down down the track this way um you know so for me it's like there's no there's no romantic feelings for the other person um and they don't have that that for me either but we share obviously a, a connection in the way that you know um i've provided my dna to help them have a child with their dna and their child's a product of both and uh you know it's it's a very mature way of uh of doing things and uh but you know it's never it's not awkward it's you know i think I think in saying that, the very first time I went to go and donate, it was um, yeah. very um, uh, anxiety or fear, you know, of like nerv- nervousness of, of, of going and doing it for the first time. But then obviously now it's quite normalised for me. So I have to think back to when I meet someone that I'm potentially going to help. Uh, they, they're feeling the same way. But, you know, once, you know, you, you've met, met the first time or done the first donation, it seems like it's very, it's very, it starts to become very normalised for you. And... And, uh, and, and overall, you know, I haven't had anyone that's regretted going this way. Uh, you know, we've had women that had their first child through yeah. um, a clinic and then because they didn't know about online donation and then they've chosen a donor the second time because they, you know, once everyone's quick, you know, once you start going to a clinic, everyone's quick to want to have a baby without looking through all the... Um, the necessities and you know all the outcomes and what could be best interests of their child and you know we've had uh you know people have their babies and then they feel like they didn't feel it at the time they didn't even think of it uh, but then they feel like oh i wish i could reach out to the donor and just you know have a chat and let them know or you know ask them about this and that yeah and and then they go and have their second child online and they and they compare the two experiences with each other and you know the online donation seems to be far more appealing um but you you know people don't really 
understand that until they actually have a child because you start thinking about them you know like before when you're living your life you're obviously you're you're taking care of yourself and what suits you and what's in your best interests but it's not until a child's born as a mother and a parent that you start to go what is best for my child and you start thinking differently in terms of that mm. well yeah and I didn't even know this was an option no no I just thought you went to an IVF clinic and that was your only option and I didn't even realize that this was actually even out there as an option you know I just was looking around and and uh somebody mentioned this um, you guys as an option and hence got in contact because it just interested me because yeah it's a it's a different alternative and you know I'm here to to promote every alternative to to the listeners so that they make the decisions and choices that are best for them as such and um yeah look I think you know what you're offering is is fantastic and how many people do you actually have now involved in in this community as such because i know you're you're global now you know i mean six years and you've gone mm, global so yeah yeah 11,000 almost 11,000 in australia um, but in saying that look we get a lot of um women or recipients come in have their babies and then decide like they don't need to be part of the group anymore um there's others that love to stay in the group as well because they've you know it's a part of you know what created their family and they feel like it's um, an extended family being in that community mm. still you know like seeing other people that went through the same experiencing or be able to offer some advice um to others that are new to it and uh you know and people like to stay put but a lot of people do move on you know i get a lot of requests these days now especially six years on of people coming in um coming back going i was in this group a few years ago i had my first child now coming back to refresh my mind over you know going to go through it again and have a second child so the turnover of people as well you know there's probably been 20 to twenty-five thousand people in australia that have mm. come through that our community and being there done it and and they moved on and other than those that do like to stay put and uh you know in america we've got um over fifteen thousand um people now yes. and yeah we've got several other communities out there around the world that are um aren't as aren't as big but you know uh we do have plans for them to eventually take off it's just getting the you know the time and the the right people around in those communities that want to spread spread the message and show like you know you got to yeah. you got to just demonstrate that it's working for people to feel safe to want to come in and and use this method you know like a lot of people um yeah exactly you know uh, are quite timid and uh to begin with and everyone feels like you know just like you know the, the donor's going to steal my baby but you know six years on the history shows yeah. that it hasn't happened so you know people have that peace of mind that uh you know sometimes we're controlled by fear and sometimes we just got to look at how history's going and you know the the mm -hmm. thing is no one steals anyone's baby because we're we've got a uh, great um flexibility in the community where if, if you feel that that you um are going to struggle to financially raise a child by yourself you can ask for co-parenting and there's men out there that want to co-parent Mm -hmm. we've had donors that have come in and donated just been donors and then after a few years they've gone oh um i'm at a stage now where i'm looking to raise my own child so rather than steal someone's baby that they helped previously they put a, yeah. an ad out uh looking to co-parent and there's many women out and Which there's many awesome. women out there as well that are, are willing to do that and then share the response um 
financial responsibility or sharing like their, their turn to go out on that weekend or, you know, you know, sharing the custody and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, there's no reason, you know, for someone to take someone to court and go through all the pay, you know, and they wouldn't even yeah. win more than likely. Um, but for, to go through that and set it all up and all the court dates and all that, it's quicker to um and the trauma for the child as well i mean you know at the end of the day if you've got parents who you know you they both your parent they're happy to co-parent they haven't like been brought together into a toxic relationship that that sort of they're fighting against each other and both of them love the child want to co-parent the child and it's a, a joined unity and it's all about the child then to me that's a perfect situation that's more ideal than some relationships so yeah, you know so, yeah i think i think that's what it's all about you know it's like people now you know who are like-minded that want to have um a child mm. specifically want a child you know a lot of relationships um a child is conceived by accident <laughs> yeah. and then you know uh so it's not already off to a good start but you know the people that are coming forward here are specifically wanting to have a child so it means they've got that love to give you know they've got that care to give you know it's as i said uh people in that time no one would take anyone to court because by the time you get the court date set up and all that it's quicker to do an ad and you could have someone pregnant and then nine months later a baby's born anyway so and that'd be and that you know that'd be done sort of before you all the court stuff's being yeah. exhausted so you know you'd be absolutely ha- um have rocks in your head to want to take some of the court when there's so many people out there that are happy to co-parent as well so yeah no that's fair enough of, no it's really risk-free um it's sort of really a risk-free environment and uh you know obviously if everyone just has their due diligence ask questions if anything of concern that doesn't seem quite right you can just contact um, any of the admin and say hey um you know does this sound right and you know we can use our experience and uh you know to let you know but you know most time most cases it's it's pretty smooth sailing you know it's sort of uh you know we've got people from all different types of demographic um demographs you know so some people are academic some people you know aren't as um you know qualified or or had the schooling education mm-hmm. so you know you're going to come across people that aren't going to see you're going to see eye to eye with in terms of being a potential uh donor or recipient for yourselves but that mean but doesn't mean that's they're not the right person for someone else on a similar um level and scale so there's someone for well yeah that that was what i was going to ask so you know when you said about um all the, the different donors that you've got i mean can you actually stipulate what qualities your donor would have is that possible oh look everyone's different you know like some people have grammar mistakes and then Mm. some people hate grammar mistakes and they're writing with people you know so that can irritate someone just not to use somebody or something like that so look we all got our um our quirks and what we what we who we find compatible i mean there's obviously if we only had one person in mind who we were compatible with then you know the rest of the world would be left out so uh you know it's sort of what i say to people is you know when you're looking for someone uh, and someone doesn't meet, meet your criteria, you don't see it as a, um, a bad experience because they're not the person that you're having the child with, you know. So eventually when you do find that right person or you continue yeah. searching and you continue chatting to people and you find that right person, all those other people that you spoke to previously, they're completely irrelevant, you know. The ongoing connection or the ongoing yeah. um 
chatter or arrangement is with that person that you have created the child with uh, and the other people mean completely nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it's sort of just getting into that mind frame of, you know, picking someone that you're comfortable with, you know, you might, you might be a great singer, uh, you know, and 23 Me says, I'm more likely to sing out of tune. So, <laughs> you know, you probably wouldn't be picking me as yeah. a donor then if that's, you know, if they want their child to sing. So, you know, everyone's got their pros and cons and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so for me, it's I don't take it personally if I think someone's a match for me or potential match for me for, to help and uh, they don't see it as that because, I mean, you know, some people are looking for yeah. people with brown eyes or some people with blue eyes or green eyes or dark hair or this heritage or, you know. Uh, well, exactly. Everyone looks for a different range of things. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you're never going to be, no matter how good or how pure your intentions are, uh, you're never going to be appealing yeah. to every single person. So, you know, it's not, so it's all about, uh, you know, helping people, and if you yeah. match and they match with you, and you're both happy to proceed, then yeah, then there's um, hopefully a little baby on the on the way soon yeah. after. So, how does it all work then? Do you as a, so? If I was a single mother, do I place an advert in the community for a donor, and then state like the traits that I want, or how does it how does it work? How do how do I as a single yeah, so, mother advertise? So you you join you join the group. You'd go on Facebook, type in Sperm Donation Australia if yeah. you're in Australia and you'd go there or you'd go on the website, spermdonationworld.com and uh, you'd go in. On the top of the page, there'd be a donor list. Uh, the donor list is not mandatory. It's more mm -hmm. because some guys like to be more introverted and pick a good post. You know, like if you, they don't want to be inundated with yeah. um, everyone that contacts them. So they, they, they prefer to read a good post and then choose to contact some, someone. Uh, but so you can look for the donor list, see if anyone's on there that's, and then yeah. contact them. Donors do post as well, um, a bit about them and this and that. And then you can obviously private message them and inquiry more further about it. And then also, as I said, like uh, you can do your own post uh, and the donors that haven't posted or aren't on the list, they can read that as well and then reach out to you and contact you via your private message as well. So, and then from there you'd, you'd chat and see if you align, uh, you know, your values, morals, well, you know, like uh, for instance, you might say, oh, look, I'm just happy to send you photo updates annually or something like that. Or someone might say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm happy to catch up for a coffee every three or four months or, you know, X amount of time over this period. Or, you know, what is your feelings towards letting the child meet when they ask? You know, there's so many variables that people do with it, you know, and you obviously speak it out with the other person to see if they're aligned and agree with it. And then if it does and you're both happy with each other, you you know, you'd meet for a coffee or uh you know in a public place somewhere you know get a feel if you're comfortable then uh and then from there you'd start looking and tracking your ovulation cycles know when the right time is you're fertile and mm -hmm. then you would receive the donation and then touch wood hopefully fingers crossed it works and uh, there's a little baby getting um, yeah. nine months later there's yeah. a surprise or Sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound easy and blimey. You know, I mean, they are little miracles, these kids. Um, they're unbelievable. And it is not maybe quite as easy as you've, as you've described for it to, to conceive. But, yeah, no, um, exactly right. Okay, well, that, yeah, no, that's fairly straightforward. 
sounds all really straightforward. Sounds better than these dating apps that we've got out there. So, uh, yeah, no, awesome. So um, who do you get? Uh, I know we've said single mums and stuff like that, but, like, who do you get that's actually using so this? So originally it started off a majority was same-sex uh, couples and uh, – mm-hmm. One of the ladies used the group uh, a few a few years ago, and she was a single mother, and she went on uh, you know um, national TV across Australia and did a few articles herself, and was on the Seven Fair Report and ABC, and and uh, you know a number of articles went out there, uh, which really you know when people do their Google searches and stuff like that, you know single mums, you're exploring that, and obviously you're looking for inspiration or someone that's done you know done that walk that path before you. Yeah. And so after reading all those stories that uh, this lady had done, she um, we've had a massive influx with single mothers by choice now coming through mm. and choosing this way. And, you know, it's the best way, like, to do it. You know, uh, I think some people get a little bit prude down, saying, oh, I've got money, I, you know, I can go to a clinic and, and this and that. But, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's not about money. It's about your health, mm. the baby's health, um, you know, well, exactly. I mean, I know we've chatted about this um, around the IVF treatment and the fact that, you know, for IVF, you are pumped with all of the drugs and all of these things. And we don't know, um, you know, what the long term effects are of that on the body and on the child, etc. cetera. Um, freezing of eggs and sperm and things like that. We don't know the long term effects of that. And there may be none. I mean, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I... I can't say I've done none of the research on that. I don't, but, think, I don't even think um, doctors know. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, yeah, no, fair one. Well, look, at the end of the day, doctors are just human beings like us, you know, and we can only do research over time. The, and I think the fertility. Um, yeah, the fertility industry is really um, dodgy and corrupt, yeah. and and yeah. I think <laughs> I think um, a prime example of that would be is they used to tell the parents like the doctors specifically told the parents to not tell their child they were donor conceived. They said, you know, it's best Mm -hmm. for the child, just lie to them. I mean, what professional um, doctor, medical practitioner would condone lying? You know what I mean? Mm. Like if you're... Well, and we know, and we know that there's hereditary illnesses and we know that, you know, um, there are things that happen later on in life that, are you know are to do with the dna or whatever and so therefore if you don't know that and you have you know and your father and your mother haven't had it then it's a complete mystery and you do sit there and go well you know it's if like things like cancers and and things like that if it's if it's in your family then you can get regular checks checkups and things like that to actually be aware of it and to actually you know breast breast cancer is, Mm. is one of them you know it's and if you don't know it's so yeah look it's technology is moving along really quickly now and i think some people you know they go oh well i'm going to use a clinic because i'll get genetic testing done and this and that you know but you can get you you can can do do genetic testing on the internet right now and uh you can get your donor so you can go and buy two kits one for yourself and then one for your potential donor and then don't you see the donor the donor will Get, provide his saliva um, and set spit or <laughs> whatever you like to call it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I've even done some YouTube videos of me doing it. It's not very fun, but like, <laughs> and, and, and some and some of them ask for a fair yeah. bit, you know, by the end of the year, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're trying oh, to, really? you're, oh, trying okay. to find, 
I've never done it <laughs> so before. anyway uh you know but there's uh you know women go oh well, we're going to use a clinic because they do genetic testing and as i said now you can bypass it all man you can buy the genetic tests cheaper mm. than they would cost you from going through the clinic and you can get it and they're pretty in-depth yeah. now as well so uh you know there's um a tell there's ancestry ones that show your ancestral lineage yeah. uh you know there's traits that tell you if you like chocolate or van- <coughs> vanilla you know what and they're pretty accurate Gosh. as well because I'm like, well, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. I am a chocolate person over vanilla. And, uh, yeah, I definitely like yeah, and they, you know, they tell you all these traits that, you know, like your second toe is likely to be bigger than your big toe or something like, you know, so they, they can find it now. Okay, so you've seen my feet then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like. So yeah, a, no, no, but and, yeah. you know, and there's Tell Me Gen, which, uh, you know, it tells you if you've got the, the BRCA gene, um, the breast cancer one and two, uh, you know, and it tells you what you're likely, um, tra- uh, you know, whether or not you're likely to have diabetes, uh, Asperger's, Down syndrome, all your traits they look through in the clinic, like fragile X, uh, cystic fibrosis. Uh, so yeah, all of that sort of stuff now. And there's, you know, and the other, it's funny because, you know, as humans, We've got all these genes that, you know, have been passed down to us and, you know, it's very common that a normal person would have between one and three defunct genes. Uh, and But the risk of the person being affected by it is if the other person that they match with then has it as well. So two people have it. So, you know, you can be a carrier of a, a gene, but it's not active until the other person yeah. that you partner yeah. with has the child. So. You know, so it's important if you get, so if you get tested and you haven't got any known genes, then you can potentially have a child with anyone. But if uh, you did get something, then you have to ensure that you don't. In Australia, you know, for instance, they're so desperate for donors. There's many clinics that accept donors that have the cystic fibrosis gene, um, but they won't. If they do, they'll make the uh, woman the mother get um, genetic tested to make sure she doesn't have it. And if they don't have it, yeah. then, so then they don't yeah, care. but then, but you know, but then essentially you're, you're making your child a carrier of it as well. So then they have to be mindful of who they, who they have a child with as well. So anyway, tell me Jen, once you sign up um, it was good because like it told you your list and, you know, my highest risk was obesity. Uh, so uh, I guess that's not a bad thing, I guess, compared to, Stop eating yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it makes me eat better now. Run a bit more and stop yeah, eating so, chocolate. But I mean, look, it, as long as it's like not a, a cancer or something, you know, at the top of that list, you know. So yeah. you know, I think when you look at that list, it's probably if obesity is my biggest risk. Uh, you know, um, wow. yeah. You know, then I'm pretty blessed with um, everything else. You know, if I had something else mm. like that, you know, a high level of testicle cancer or something, I'd be out of the business of being a donor. But, yeah. but um. No, um, but look, it's 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 uh, interesting. But tell me, Gem, um, as they get more and more of the genetics and genome worked out, they'll update their their server. And you know, the other uh, the other the other day, I was like, you know, because I'm quite comfortable with all the genes and and all my outcomes so far uh, that I've yeah. had. Uh, but then I get an email saying, um, log in and check out tell um, tell me, Gem, because we've just updated the the database. Uh, there's new uh, defunct genes out there now that 
you know, to check out. And, I'm, and she, like, you get nervous. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know, I hope I don't, yeah. oh, I, I hope I, I don't come yeah. up with anything bad. But, you know, so, so you check and then yeah. it's all good. But, you know, if you, you know, so they, yeah. but the thing is, it's, it's good because it continually tracks over the years now. So you sign yeah. up, you do it. And then, so obviously, you know, when your child gets born as well, you can get them tested and then you know what they just look out for. You know, you know if they need to get a hysterectomy Ooh. because of the breast cancer one or two or if you need to do it yourself or, you know, it's that sort of yeah. stuff as well. So, yeah, look, technology in that way is coming really good. And, look, eventually, you know, right now the clinics and fertility specialists and stuff like that, we're, we're still in a really experimental phase of it all, you know. Like there's the term unexplained mm infertility or um you know and, and they don't because they don't have answers yet you know a lot of it is like when they give you ivf drugs they don't have a, a test where they can test your blood to, which automatically detects the desired levels mm. of medication that you need to take to have optimum um eggs and like not turn you mm. into having hyperstimulation or any other complications you know it's all a trial error i'll mm. try you with this dose first to see how your body reacts here and there and then if it doesn't oh well next cycle you know and meanwhile the money's going up and all that but and also the damage is doing yeah. to your body in the process of um you know well an ivf has only been going what 43 years or something like 40 yeah so years the, the oldest like lady oldest years? ladies are louise brown and uh yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard because uh, I think I, when I first started looking into it, she was thirty-seven or thirty-eight. So every you know the years get going quicker now. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I know. Well, that's yeah. So yeah, no, um, exactly. it should be should be around yeah. that now. So look, we don't know if people start getting you know they're getting really sick in their fifties or what their lifespans are. Yet we still mm. don't know. Look, uh, you know, eventually clinics will get to a stage where they'll be able to get rid of any defunct gene. Uh, you know, they'll be able to mm. ensure that your child's born healthy um, through the technology, but we're probably still at least 20 years away from that sort of stuff happening. So we, if our mm. children were looking at, uh, possibly going down the IVF path, then, you know, maybe, but maybe then uh, I'd feel like, you know, I'm putting my, my shoes in their feet or anyone else's feet now mm. that's considering, you know, going through the clinical uh, route and doing this to your body and doing, you know, going through these processes and stuff like that. I personally wouldn't do it at where we're at in technology at the moment, you know. Mm. So right now we offer, you know, fresh berm, uh, that hasn't been frozen. Obviously, your body isn't getting pumped with hormones to uh, and any other medication, uh, so it's not doing damage. So right now, you know, this has worked for, you know, millions and or thousands and thousands of years that we've been walking, that working the planet, uh, walking on this planet. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, as I said, the IVF stage is still a very early experimental phase, and you know, I wouldn't be putting my hand up to be a guinea pig yet. And, yeah. you know, maybe if I was born in the next generation, it'd be something of a more stronger consideration. Yeah. And, and I, I think sometimes, you know, the fear of, of uh, trying like a, a new method as an online, online donation. I mean, look, I remember when the internet first came back, came out or when I was on it as a teenager and, you know, you'd speak to people and you'd have like pen pal girlfriends and stuff like that, that you'd mm. speak to for months and months and months, but you'd never meet because it was stranger danger. You know, everyone was like, you stranger danger. And now there's apps like Tinder and someone will be asking you to meet you five yeah. minutes after chatting to them and you, and the next oh. thing you're, you, you know, you're, 
meeting up with someone whereas so yeah. obviously you can see over time as humans get more and more comfortable with something we just you know and you know dating apps are more, far more dangerous than uh than than this sperm donation culture and business um you know society that we've set up you know, oh, it's very, very uh, so, monitored yeah. uh you know people who get banned for being inappropriate it's hard to get back on because mm. once their main account's been deleted, they have to send photo verification. If they try to get in with an alias account, you know, like Facebook tells people, you know, how new the account is and and all that sort of stuff. So once you get banned, it's sort of hard to get back, um, ever get back in there. So we, we don't really accumulate a culture of um, bad people in fluctuating. Yeah. In fluctuating it, you know. Yeah. And you monitor everyone who actually joins anyway mm. and, and like, you know, um, and it's a community at the end of the day. So, you know, it's... Yeah, so we've got, we yeah, got a very good... report. people all together. We've got a very yeah. good reporting culture, you know. People report. So as soon as someone says something that's a bit out of line or that, we, you know, actions take us straight away and, you know, sometimes a new person that comes in that we give, a, give them a shot and, you know, within 12 hours they're out the door because... They've been reported and, you know, it's it's pretty clear cut. Yeah. You know, they, everyone gets their guides when they join um, that's relevant to them and they're expected to uh, yeah. come in and, and to respect those guidelines and, uh, you know, be part of the community um, and do us all proud in a proud way, you know, because we all represent each other, you know. Exactly. Like, for instance, you know, if you have a child via an online donor, we want you to be proud, you know. We want you to be proud that you made that choice, you know. We, we want you to be proud um that you picked a, um, an avenue that is more what we consider, you know, far more desirable than going for a clinic. You know, for me, I'd be more ashamed now from knowing what I'd know if I went and used a clinic um, based on overpassing a, a, an online online donor. What we're finding now is, is uh, you know, we're looking at, Every, like every year that sperm donation Australia has continued to grow and grow and grow and obviously all the media stories and, and all, all that are out there now that are just filled with Google, you know, mm. people look at that and donors look at that and they think, well, I'm looking at being a donor and then they come in and they read and, and they see what we provide compared to what the clinic doesn't provide and then they prefer to donate this way. So the, the clinic's really lacking donors now and the, the ones that they're getting now are a lot of them are men with um, on the um, on the spectrum that lack that social interaction ability. So, for instance, I've had men join and say, "Hey, so a lot of men that don't have the capabilities um, of a relationship, you know, because they lack communication. So, obviously, they find it hard to connect with a woman that wants to have children with them, or, you know, and build that relationship. But they still have that biological urge yeah. to obviously pass on their genetics to someone to have their own, you know, children in a way because they feel that might be the only way that they could essentially pass on their genetics to someone is by being a donor because they feel that they might never find a partner. And they prefer to still donate at a clinic because they mm. avoid that interaction of having to sit down and meet someone and talk it out because, you know, I've had these men join and they've said, hey, Adam, um, you know, I'm really wanting to be a donor, but when I've met someone, it's not really socially awkward. I don't know what to say. And it's awkward silences and stuff. And then, and then essentially they don't, they don't pick me. And, uh, you know, I try and give them a few pointers and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously it comes down to them. I'll try it again and it didn't work. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go and donate at a clinic. And then all right, I wish I wish you well, mate. Um, you know, donating is a good thing, blah, blah, blah. And 
so they go away and then completely forget about them and then I get a message back a year or two later or saying, oh, hey, I don't just give you an update. The clinic just gave me um, a notification that uh, my first child was born via my help at the clinic there. Mm. And, uh, and I think, well, that's lovely for them. Uh, but it's funny, isn't it? Like a person that no one would pick face-to-face, mm. -face, you know, that you'd meet and you wouldn't pick them like, but when they go to a clinic on a piece of paper, they sound far more appealable you know, that they do get picked. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. funny, isn't it? Like, you know, you look at, you, you're at the clinic and you're going yeah. through their profiles and all that and obviously they're spruced up to, you know, they're going to say this guy's a slob and, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And like, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I suppose it's spam, so they just look at it as a commodity, mm. I suppose. And, yeah, it's he's got blue eyes you know, blonde hair or whatever, dark hair or whatever, comes from this ethnic background, has this qualification. And it's very black and white and very factual. But, you know, not everyone, as human beings, it's not about X, Y and Z and ABC. It's about the whole picture, I suppose. And people within your community are looking at the whole picture um, and not just a list of facts as such. So, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I know, yeah, I know what you're I just, I just find it, um, it's, it's a, when you break it down that way, because this guy's offering his sperm for free, whereas obviously at the clinic he'd be charged for a lot more, uh, you know, oh, and yeah. he wouldn't even be able to charge for it on the clinic, I mean, in our group because no one's even taken it for free, but, you yeah. know, in, in, in the yeah. clinic where he's on a piece of paper, it's so much more appealing and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, those blue yeah. eyes come through. Whereas that those blue eyes don't come through when you have a face-to-face -face interaction or well, it's it's a little bit like Tinder, isn't it? Swipe <laughs> left, swipe right, swipe left, swipe right. And you know, but it's not actually, you know, that's great when it's actually when you're just viewing a profile or viewing a face, but then when you actually go and meet that person, you might be going right, you might run within five minutes, you know. Oh, well, you know, um, we're we've yeah, seen a, a exactly. lot of that now. Like obviously, uh, you know, some of these don't conceive people now are turning 18 and stuff like that. And then they've gone and reached out to the um, meet the donor or they, their parents have gone with them to meet the donor and they've gone, oh, like he wasn't what we were expecting. Yeah. This is a bit awkward. And some of them yeah. feel a bit ashamed that um, after meeting who their donor was, there wasn't, you know, like who they are as a person sort of was a bit cringeworthy that imagined. made them feel yeah. their identity. Whereas, you know, this way online, you know, you even from speaking to me today, you know, and if you were looking for a donor, you could sort of um, analyse me and how I speak and how I talk and what my values and morals are and see if they align with yours. And, mm. you know, that ability of, of being comfortable with that saying, okay, well, you know, uh, I've met with Adam, I spoke to Adam, I know what he's about, I know, you know, what he's, what he wants to do. And I think it's a, a, like a great thing that he's doing for the community and something I'd be proud of my child to, uh, and well, that's what I hope anyway, you know, I don't want, you know, I hope that anyone that was yeah. brought for my help is proud of what I set up to allow their mother and mothers or parents to, uh, have a child this way, but, you know, if, but you can go away and say this is someone that if when the child's 18, they want to reach out, say if you don't want to have earlier contact than that, uh, someone that I would be, feel comfortable when the time is right, whereas opposed to of not knowing mm. who the hell they're going to be 
come come that time well, and a lot of um, donors from clinics yeah because i mean look a lot of donors from clinics they haven't you know you don't have that interaction you don't have that personal experience with the person that you chose to help you know so you're essentially a stranger to them so yeah. a lot of them move on they they, they might, when they donate they might have been single and then they might be married with their own kids and never told their wife that they donated mm. uh and then the child reaches out when they're 18 and they're like, oh, sorry, I've got my own life now and uh, I never told my family I can't have anything to do with you, piss off. Like, and then, and yeah. then these children feel absolutely um, rejected and feel, um, you mm. know, because they might just be wanting some answers about something, you know, about, yeah, um, you know, various um, questions. So, you know, this way you can you can guide it through, nut it out with your... Um, with your donor and break it down the expectations and you know the flexibility yeah. of of not only trying for the baby but down the track as well yeah no well look i mean well you've opened my eyes like i said i wasn't aware that this is an option and you've opened my eyes to so many different things that i never even thought about regarding like the ivf clinics regarding this way of donating um, and finding a donor I mean it's yeah it's it's been an eye-opener for me and it's been great talking to you about this because you know I want to be able to share those options out there and it's it's definitely something to seriously consider and yeah I've learned a lot I've learned so much from you with just chatting to you about various different things and you know about the genes and genetics and all of that stuff it's been brilliant no thanks a lot for that look if people wanted to um connect with you or ask you questions where do that where do they get in contact with you where do they how do they get on board so well, if they join sperm nation australia you'll you'll see me in the admin group there you can contact me that way via facebook uh, adam hooper mm -hmm. uh or instagram um at sperm nation world which sort of uh we know we do a podcast as well and we talk to various different people, you know, yeah, donor conceived right. people, donors, uh, women who conceived um, through a donor, single mothers by choice, you know, um, various uh, episodes around the world of sperm donation, um, so which sort of paints a picture that, you know, you can sort of delve into and, you know, while you're getting ready, um, getting your body ready to uh, get pregnant, you know, get a bit fitter and that, you know, your morning walks, you can chuck a, ch chuck a podcast on and, you know, listen to it and, and learn and learn about it Perfect. along the way. So, you know, there's, we've got all those, um, you know, YouTube code content coming out now, which would be linked on the website, um, spendernationworld.com. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're sort of trying to set up our own little Wikipedia in a sense of, you know, you've come there and every question that you have that or has been asked before is there's going to be an answer there. Uh, so you can sort of, you know, feel more at ease uh, at the process and, uh, yeah. you know, get the baby that you desire and uh, have it in a way that is less complicated and going through a clinic path. Win-win yeah. for everyone. Win-win for everyone. Look, I'll, I'll post your links and everything as well so people can find them um, on our YouTube channel and also on the podcast um, details as well so that they're there for you guys to actually click through and, and find you guys. And, um, yeah, no, look, thank you, Adam. It just comes down to the one final question that I ask all of my interviewees. If you had a superpower... 
and you could have one superpower, what would oh, it be? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess um, Spider, Spider-Man where you can throw, oh. your, throw your sperm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so okay, you went, no, wow. no, no, no. okay well that's fair enough um, just throw your spam all over the building uh, we already got we already got a few supermen there out there doing great things for the community as well so yeah you know, it's it's all in good fun and uh you know as long as you can you know I, I enjoy doing what i do and uh creating people's you know dreams um you know from yeah. this so you know i think you know, the whole community is full of a lot of superheroes, you know, and the and the mums and recipients included that choose this path, you know, because, you know, it's something that's we're sort of past the pioneer stage now, but to to come in and and yeah. do this um, this route is sort of you know it's it's brave to do, but it's rewarding and it's the it's the best choice for you and for the for your potential child. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of super heroes out there in our community. Oh, look, and, and definitely. And, look, I love what you're doing. I think it's very positive. I think, if you know, it gives um, an alternative option from the IVF clinics, et cetera, and I think it's a very good and healthy way to pursue having a child. It's a choice. Uh, it's everyone's choice. So I'm not making any judgments, you know. People make the choices that they do, but you're giving them a another choice, which is great. And look, yeah, well, you know, as as we as we spoke about before, you know, some of these men are introverted um, that don't yeah. want to have that contact, and there's women as well that are socially awkward and don't you know don't feel like they could meet a donor as well. So that's you know these sort of people that are introverted and don't have those social skills do prefer to uh, yeah. do do that, or people who who have trust issues or, or paranoia of you know, that yeah. they think that a donor would steal their babies, even though. You know, even though ignoring the yeah, facts, but like you know, um, that's their comfort level. Old ladies yeah. like me who like you know the clip clock was ticking, and you needed to like you know, um, you know, wanted a child, and you know, I was lucky um, and got uh, you know had my child in in a relationship, but that relationship didn't work out. But um, yeah, but there are other women who aren't in a relationship, and therefore um, you know they're getting sort of getting on the cusp of not being able to have a child and um yeah they just want a child without the hassle of a relationship mm. and, and i think i think there we go i think that's right for everyone and i think even for the men that you know if you're if you ideally want children you you know when you first meet someone you don't hit it on straight away that you want children in most cases because yeah. you're scared they'll run for the hills but you know so, some men do get trapped into uh, uh a person getting pregnant because they desire to have a child but whereas they might not and then and then they break up as well so this way it sort of allows everyone to be consensual you know the donors are on there who are donating know yeah. there's going to be a baby born from this uh and you know so you know the child is going to be in a better state of mind because you know there's some people that are uh, religious and they go you know they'll go a child needs a mother and a father or, or you know, and all that mm. um, nonsense. But, you know, there's studies out there now that show that um, children in broken homes seem to be doing less well, um, you know, when they're living between two houses or conflict like that than, say, a person that's born yeah. from a single mother by choice that's living in the stable environment that isn't exposed to um, animosity between two conflicting parents. Um, and I think children are these little creatures who just need to be loved and that's what they want. They just want to be loved. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about that. 
So, you know, yeah, the conflict, I, you know, that when there's conflict and things like that, it just means that they then internalise that onto themselves and they think it's their fault. And, um, you know, I think you can't do any better than give a child a loving home, uh, whether that be same sex, whether that be a single parent, you know, a single mother, a single father or whatever. As long as that child feels as though they're loved and supported, I think that's all you can really do, mm. you know. It's, um, that's the main thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, uh, yeah, so yeah. anyway, it's, it's, it's magic what's going on in here and it's it's you know that's what makes me do it and be a part of it every single day is just seeing that love um for people that want to have a child in a way that's less complicated and it's and seeing it working you know seeing what i thought and envisioned and then to be able to make it go out to fruitation that people are experiencing that it's you know it's it warms my heart knowing that i've been able to Mm, it's fantastic it's brilliant it's so look thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast um thanks for agreeing to do this i think it's a really interesting subject and um yeah good luck with everything and uh hope to hear yeah, more sure. and you know if any of your listeners listening today want to know more just you know don't be afraid to reach out to me and, and have a chat you know um i'm always available to answer any questions because obviously if you've got a question you sort of got something that's you know, want clarification on, which, you know, uh, so you can, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out and contact me. Cool, brilliant. All right. Bye. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.